0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Ideas Podcast. I'm Daniel Lazar and I'm proud to be the faculty advisor to the John F. Kennedy School's Ideas Club. Ideas was born of the demand that in our time of crises, our age of anxiety, when democracy is fragile, when intolerance is increasingly tolerated, we're obligated to intensify our efforts to create a safe, but a challenging space to discuss and celebrate diversity. In that spirit, today we're gonna grapple with three challenging contributions to the most recent edition of the Ideas Journal, which focuses on mental health and neurodiversity. Uh, First and foremost, we're going to evaluate some data we got from a survey conducted on mental health and neurodiversity at the Kennedy School. Then we're going to dig into a provocative piece by one of IDEA's founding members, Daniel Delfs. Uh, he wrote about the culture of stress at JFKS. And last but not least, we're going to dive into the problem of internet addiction, or is it a problem, with our very own Laurie Eccle. In fact, Laurie is here to discuss that piece. Hey, Laurie, it's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for inviting me here. It's a pleasure. And we're also joined by a stellar ninth grader and a newcomer to the Ideas team. Carlota, welcome, Carlota. Thanks for joining Ideas and for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And last but not least, Liliana an 11th grader, and we are pleased to announce here for the first time the rising managing editor of the Ideas Journal. Congrats, Lily, and welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: All right, so let's dig right in here. As with every Ideas Journal, uh, we polled the student body in this particular survey. uh, We got 120 students. Uh, They were pretty evenly distributed among 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. And we learned a lot about mental health and neurodiversity at the Kennedy School. Um, I'm wicked eager to learn what stands out to you all from the data. Uh, Let's dive right into some of the most remarkable data we gleaned. Um, To me, and I'm curious, again, to hear what stands out to you, I I was kind of baffled by the fact that 40% of the students polled claim to suffer from mental health issues. Forty percent of our students suffer from mental health issues. 26 percent of our students have gone to therapy for this. Forty percent have not gone to therapy, but feel they should pursue a therapeutic relationship. Is it safe to say that we have some real serious mental health problems at the Kennedy School?
3: I found that around 10 percent of people worldwide have some kind of mental disorder which is a quite a big disparity to our numbers and then the john hopkins uh, university said that about 26% of american adults have mental disorder which pro- probably just is uh, by chance coincides with the number of um people have that have had therapy so far um, but it's still quite a big disparity. So I, I think that there is something that is special. Well, special is a bad word, but with the JFK school.
1: I also found statistics that one in every four children in Germany suffers from a mental illness. And seeing that in our school, 40% of the students apparently not necessarily have a mental health illness, but have problems with their mental health, I would definitely say that we do have a problem.
2: I think um, these numbers might have something to do with a sort of selection bias um, because they do seem quite high to me. So I was thinking maybe people with mental health issues were more likely to respond. Um, But also I think it might reflect something of a lack of understanding in our school of what exactly mental health means so that people aren't sure whether um, Having mental health issues refers to having a lot of stress, uh, whether it refers to having clinical depression or or something like that. Um, So I think that might have to do with the 40 percent who haven't gone to therapy, even though they think maybe they should maybe they don't know exactly when the time to get professional help is. Um, And it might have to do with the 40 percent who say they suffer from mental health issues.
0: I mean, it seems to me that all three of you are almost unfazed by the data that 40% of our students claim to suffer from mental health issues. That really rocked me on my heels. I, I felt awful. I, I, I wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed that just shy of half of our student body is worried about their mental well-being. Why, why, aren't, you as, <laughs> why aren't you as on your heels as I am?
3: I mean, it might just be like quite normal. Like, I don't think that having mental health problems is like um, something that's unimaginable anymore. Like, I mean, you talk about mental health and like school is quite stressful. So I feel like having some kind of mental health issues is maybe even quite normal. Maybe it's just a difference in our generation now, but I don't know why we seem unfazed.
1: I also feel that due to the rise of social media, we're confronted with this topic more. And overall, it's not a taboo as much anymore. You're still not, it's still not something that you're necessarily proud of and that you feel comfortable talking about, but it's also not something that you're ashamed of. Like you often hear people saying, oh yeah, I feel so depressed. It's been like, it's become a normalized topic. And often it also feels like an excuse for what you're feeling right now. If you're feeling very anxious, you could have anxiety and that could explain your feelings. So mental illnesses have also become an explanation for emotional issues.
2: Mm -hmm. I think it might also reflect that people are more comfortable talking about it um, when they're not feeling like they have perfect mental health. Um, We also found that 83% of our respondents knew someone with depression. and twenty eight percent knew six or more people with depression. And I think as as daunting and as unfortunate as that sounds, it does reflect that people are much more comfortable um, talking about it, talking about it, and admitting um, when they're not doing okay. So I think we have to acknowledge that increased awareness is going to lead to increased statistics, but that might not be a totally bad thing.
0: Can you walk me through maybe like the the current state of stigma around mental health issues among the student body? Is there, in your experience, a kind of open dialogue among students about their their mental well-being? Or how open is that dialogue? Carlotta?
1: I feel as though talking about mental health issues is not a problem. It's just finding a space to talk about it because it's often not a topic that you openly approach uh you might talk about it with your friends but it's just there's a lack of overall education because often you don't know is it normal that i'm this sad or like am i depressed that you can't really find exactly what your problem is that easily
3: um, yeah like it it might just be harder to like um figure out if you have an issue because like if you have some physical pain, it's quite easy to know that something is wrong with you. That might just be a lack of like understanding. Maybe it's just that society hasn't understood mental health good enough so far and education isn't there yet. Or maybe it's just mental health itself that it's just harder to figure out if there really is a problem now. And if you don't see therapists like 40% of the students said that they would want to see a therapist but haven't. It might just like show that most people, like, they can't really know if there is a problem, but they also haven't seen a therapist either. So that might just also explain how we're uncertain about this topic.
0: I mean, one thing that might help us get more certain is if we were talking about it in classes, but according to the data we gleaned, 88% of our students degre- disagree or strongly disagree that mental health is discussed in their classes. The overwhelming majority of our students are not discussing mental health in their classes. Is it something that the the institution needs to improve on, or is mental health issues maybe something too sensitive for the classroom? what do do we expect of the school that we're not getting or is the school doing what it can with what's in effect kind of an impossible or at least Herculean task? Lily?
2: I definitely think we should have a clear setup for discussing it in class. doesn't have to be constantly, but I think students should definitely have an introduction to taking care of their mental health and, um, what they can do if they think they need help for mental health. Um, I mean, we don't have any health classes at at our school, really. Um, And that is, at least in America, a lot of the time where mental health gets discussed, if it does at all. So I think we do need to hopefully find a way to put that more clearly in the curriculum.
0: Carlota?
1: I also feel like mental health is a topic that you have to discuss because what school is supposed to do is that it's supposed to prepare you for your future. And if you suffer with depression, getting a job could be extremely difficult, or if you have social anxiety, trying to go to job interviews could seem like an impossible task, and therefore it's important that you discuss these topics and that you also find out how to identify if you are having an issue with specific things so that you can get therapy.
0: Well, look, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but it, 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 our data uh, suggests that 78% of our students agree or strongly agree that their academic workload harms their mental health. So, I mean, I don't think the school doesn't talk about it necessarily because the students think that the school is responsible for their mental health issues, but I do have to ask. Is your you guys are all really hardworking, dedicated students? Do do your academic engagements, or does your do your engagements in school more
3: broadly have a likelihood to harm mental health? I must say, I'm um, comparing the JFK to other schools. Um, it it might just be because I'm in eleventh grade now, but like I've never had this much homework or um big projects like i I have written two research reports pretty much so far and that's the first i've ever written any research reports like at my old schools we never did such a thing like there wasn't big projects and that might just be like um there's more um expectations they're higher and that might just lead to more stress if you have more homework i mean you just have more work and less less free time pretty much
2: i think um I definitely agree with Lowry that we go to a pretty good school and that does come with uh, a certain amount of pressure and expectation that you're going to be spending a lot of your time and effort putting in good work. Um, And I think there is a certain aspect of stress that comes along with schoolwork in general um, that shouldn't necessarily be eliminated. But I do sometimes find that bad weeks, I will be very much overwhelmed with the amount of work I'm doing um, and just the general stress that I'm feeling from all of my classes and all of the things that I might be slacking on. So I think, yeah, academic academic work should definitely stress you out sometimes because that's just, you need to be under pressure sometimes to get things done. But in general, we do have a like a culture of stress and uh, we should address that at JFKS because I think it's more than in other schools. People are really, really stressed out.
0: I, you say we should deal with it. Let's deal with it now. The Ideas Club um, published uh, a piece about this. Um, look, it's hard to escape the conclusion that there are seething, sometimes thinly veiled mental health issues at the Kennedy School. And it's even harder to escape the, the conclusion that this is in some way a manifestation of this culture of stress. How much of this stress is a direct result of our academic inquiries and the tough schedules we keep? It's, it's, it's hard to say, but uh, the Ideas Club's very own Daniel Delfts penned what I think is a really provocative piece in this Ideas journal simply titled The Culture of Stress at JFKS. And I I desperately want to hear you all reflect on Daniel's piece and on your experiences. So, uh, well, let's start here. Uh, Daniel argues in this contribution to the Ideas Journal, and I'm quoting here, stress is something that is veritably paraded around and celebrated in our school. Take a seat anywhere amongst a group of JFKS students, and you're likely to overhear a discussion of workloads normal enough, no? So I ask you, normal enough? Kids are sitting around bemoaning how, like, like stress as a status symbol, everyone's parading around their, their list of things to do.
3: I, I definitely say that that's pretty normal. Like you do talk about your workload a lot. It might just be a connection between students because everyone has this workload and it might like be a nice way to connect. but also it might like show your personal resilience and like show that you serve like you survived the last week and like show some kind of personal strength.
2: I agree. Sometimes it can be comforting to talk about some of your workload because it it makes you feel like you're not alone in the the kind of anxiety you're feeling um, about things that you're not completely confident you know exactly how to do, um, which I think we encounter often. Um, But I think when we talk about it too much, you start to almost believe what you're saying that you really can't handle what's going on and you don't know what to do at all. And I think we do need to avoid that and have a more constructive conversation about stress and not as much of a, just a panicked conversation.
0: How do we How do we help our friends and our classmates move from the more panicked, anxious discussions of their workload to a more, as you say, constructive and, and useful tone?
1: Well, as a first, you could try to find solutions for your stress Uh, you could say okay you have this long-term assignment do you want to get started on that and then you have quick assignments that you have to do by then and you can talk about how you tackle your workloads you can compare if you say you do all the quick assignments first and then you do like the big ones like writing a paper or if you first want to start with bigger assignments, and then when you're done with that, have easier assignments.
3: I, I guess that could help. But like I myself always have like this little book where I set my uh, personal deadlines to like keep um keep up with my work. But like it it doesn't seem to ever end. Like there's always some big project and it's always like looming ahead. And I feel like that's also kind of problematic because you're never like, I'm done now. Even if you're like not working at the moment, you're just like thinking of like, you feel like you're procrastinating. You're not doing your work. You should be working. You have like, there's due dates you yourself want to keep or like, you just have to keep for school. Can
0: I offer um, another problematic to this? Because what you're saying and the way you're saying, I it, it feel so bad for you guys on, on some level that you're, you you are you're drowning in work, some of which I'm responsible for doling out. And the struggle which you express so eloquently is indeed so real. There's another side to this coin, uh, and I'd really love to hear an opinion on it. The work that you do, A and B, A, it's good work. The academic inquiries in which you are engaged are beautiful. You're studying math and art and science and history, and, and your brains are popping while they're young and beautiful, and you're taking in all this information, you're learning all these new perspectives, and you're coming to understand not just your world, but your place in the world. And that's not easy. That's stressful, and that's hard, but it's good work. It's a beautiful mission, and I want it to be celebrated. And B, The Kennedy School is really hard and really stressful for kids who want to get ones and twos. Three means average. And so for everybody who wants to be above average and excellent, which I applaud and support, it's going to be an uphill climb. So I'd be curious if any of you could respond to either points, A or B. A, again, about the beauty of your path, or B, about the problem of grades and uh, a very um, specifically defined achievement of those grades.
2: Um, I tend to find that... Even when a lot of my classes stress me out a lot, I do love what I'm doing, um, and I chose classes that I want to be taking and I want to be learning things about, um, which is why I am generally not too panicked when I'm in a stressful time because I'm I know that I can do it. I've done similar things before, and um, I know why I'm doing it. And I think for some people, they get into situations where they don't really find joy in what they're doing, and that's when the stress really starts to eat away at you because you feel like either you're wasting your time or you're, you're just, you're on the wrong path. And I think especially looking for ones and twos in classes, uh, that you're not necessarily oriented toward. I think, especially in younger grades, people think that they need to be good at everything. Um, because in 11th and 12th grade, we get to specialize more, but I think, Ninth and tenth graders, a lot of the time they're worrying because they're not getting a one in chemistry, even though they never intend to be a scientist. Uh, and I think we do have to promote more of an understanding that as long as you're doing what you can and and working hard in your classes, you don't have to be perfect.
0: So I wanna I wanna pick up on one other thing that Daniel says in this piece. And again, I'm quoting here, and I'll be uh I'm eager to hear your comments. He says even when we're not experiencing our own stress, we're not insulated from the stress of others. Guilt at a lack of stress can develop into a type of vicarious stress, adopting the stress of others. It's a sort of endless domino effect. Is there a veritable contagion, a, a domino effect, as Daniel says, to the culture of stress at our school? And if so, are there, are there, uh, pathways to not get knocked over by the domino next to you? Are there ways to insulate or otherwise protect yourself from the culture of stress that does seem to exist?
1: I don't personally experience a guilt stress. I just always feel stressed about a project in the future. Like in my vacation, I'm thinking about, oh, I could be reviewing this so that I'm prepared after the vacation and so that I like, get more comfortable with the subject but like creating a stress through my peers at least that doesn't exist for me but i feel like through the rise of social media you get this stress by seeing people who have achieved things at an age that's younger than you and then you're thinking why haven't i done this yet or why am i so far away from achieving something close to this and then you feel a bit stressed because you're just thinking about what will I do with my future if this person already has it all planned out for them.
0: So, so, Gre- so Greta Thunberg is like the source of your anxiety. Yeah, but bit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's great to know. Um, so look, in these times of great stress, which is to say in our times, and of course we're recording this uh, amidst uh, a, a pandemic, uh, we live in really challenging times we often find ourselves seeking comfort in like the least comfortable place I have ever been. It's a place unprecedented in human history. It's called the internet. We're looking for comfort in the internet. I have to say, I can't believe we did not ask about internet addiction in the survey that we sent to students. Uh, I almost feel like everybody has an addiction to the internet, although it takes on different forms with different people laurie you penned this piece on internet addiction and internet addiction can you talk a little bit about why you wanted to write this piece and then tell us
3: uh, what you found uh i i must agree that probably everyone has internet addiction i i'd say that i myself have it um but it's just so hard because it's something so readily accessible and yet something that's turned into a basic human need now and especially now during the COVID-19 pandemic, we're basically forced to use the internet all the time, um, either for school um, or for just social interaction. And that's why I wrote um, this article, because it's something still very new, but it has has a major impact on, well, our lives and also on the discussion about mental health itself. And I myself read an article about that and... Um, so I just found that there's this debate about um, internet addiction disorder and its validity as a disorder on its own. And so I just felt it would be great to just like share this with everyone.
0: Does your generation or or at least, you know, your um, your demographic among your generation, is it fair to say that you guys are suffering from something that we can loosely call internet addiction and um and if so is uh, what does this have to do with stress and mental health
2: i think there's really no doubt in my mind that pretty much all of us are addicted to the internet in some capacity um i think it'd be hard for anyone our age to argue that we weren't considering we're all spending you know four to eight hours a day on our phones which is more than you know anyone has ever been exposed to a screen really uh I think there is a certain dependency upon the internet we have, not of our own volition, but because right now especially, but always, a lot of our work is based in using technology. So I think it's hard because we have to try to get ourselves away from the screens for ourselves, but we also have to be in front of the screens to succeed in life at this point, to be successful in school and socially.
1: I feel like usually, and especially now during this pandemic, the internet is often a place to escape to because whether you're on Instagram or YouTube, you might have also experienced this where you're kind of stuck in this whirlpool. You just want to watch like one quick video or you just want to look at one post. And then half an hour later, you realize, oh, well, I just spent half an hour doing basically nothing and I don't even remember what I did. And seeing that we, as a student body have become so stressed with all the work we have, the internet is just a second way of sleeping because when you're stressed after school, you can just watch a video, you can kind of tune out and you can also tell yourself like, oh yeah, I'll watch this video while like doing a bit of homework or something like that because it's a way to make something that you would find less pleasurable, a lot more pleasurable. But by doing this, the actual product of your work would become a lot worse because you're just not focused.
0: Yeah. Is your work, I think that I love the way you you concluded that remark. I wasn't entirely sure what the last sentence was going to sound like and it it couldn't have been better. Is your work and the work of your classmates suffering in a substantial way because of what we're calling internet addiction?
1: I think we might be suffering at the moment, especially people that usually already suffer with doing their homework when they really want to play a video game. Because at the moment, it, the situation we're in is like, if you were to lock an alcoholic into a liquor store, you're surrounded by possible like opportunities. You can go on your phone the entire time. You don't have the pressure of a teacher watching you. You can watch YouTube all day. You have no need for actual discipline except that which you give yourself therefore I would say depending on how strong your motivation to do well in school is that would also influence how well you're working right now because if you're very motivated you could still have that dedication and do the work you want but if you're not you could just try to like you write a couple of sentences for the assignments you get and then you just chill for the rest of the day
0: well, listen, I, I, I love the uh, analogy of the alcoholic in the liquor store. Uh, I once heard someone say that if you ever wonder whether or not you're an alcoholic, you probably are. And I don't know if that's true, but it does seem to me that uh, if one has to wonder whether or not they have an internet addiction, at the very least, they have to give some serious consideration to what the, the most useful paths out of that whirlpool that you talk about are um that whirlpool by the way is, seems to me to be more like a cesspool than a whirlpool and hopefully our our discussion today will inspire some people to reconsider the nature of their relationship uh, with technology uh generally and with the internet uh more specifically of course in an ironic twist of fate uh we're going to post this discussion uh on the inter- internet, maybe to soothe some of the addicts out there. Before I do that, I want to offer all three of you a chance to recommend to our listening audience uh, something that 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 speaks to the idea's mission um, and that maybe might help to bolster their mental health during the, the the COVID crisis. Of course, ideally, something they can get their hands on or lay their eyes on in the throes of a pandemic. So can each of you, one at a time, make an endorsement of uh, something to help our listeners get through this time of crisis? Why don't we start with Laurie?
3: Um, so during the crisis, I just like um, Googled something new to do, and I stumbled upon uh, Tai Chi, which I... Um, for a while, did every morning. Now, now I'm not doing it every morning anymore. But it's definitely great to like, um, do something physical and also mental at the same time, and just um, boosts your uh, mental balance. And I can only re- recommend it to everyone. You can find videos on YouTube and everywhere.
0: Great. So drink some chai tea while doing some tai chi, and you will have recentered yourself. Uh, for that, uh, that swim in the whirlpool that Carlota talks about. Carlota, what is your endorsement?
1: Especially during this time of anxiety, I feel that it's important to take time for yourself and reflect on your day and just have a time where you're not stressed. And that's why I would recommend the app Headspace. It's a meditation app with short meditation sessions and you can get a premium account, but the basic version is for free. That's it's very relaxing and just a way to calm down at the end of the day.
0: And last but not least, Lily.
2: I have been uh, daily journaling through much of my time in quarantine. Um, I think it's very helpful because none of us are getting the same amount of casual social interaction where we just talk about what we're thinking, talk about what we did that day. Um, so I have found it nice to communicate that on paper just to get it out and to explore different ideas that i'm not getting to discuss with my friends anymore
0: do you use different colored pens
2: i do i use several different colored pens i do sketches if i feel like it um i sometimes will just write and not erase anything hardly use any punctuation just like stream of consciousness Sometimes I try to make things look really pretty. I think there's lots of things you can do, especially if you have like a physical journal that you can invest some time into and feel good about.
0: Three splendid endorsements. I I thank you all. I'll link to your endorsements on our show page. Uh, I can't thank the three of you enough uh, for being willing to gather with me here on zoom on a Saturday morning. This was an absolute delight. You can all follow us for now at uh, JFKsIdeas at Wixsite. That's w i x s i t e dot where you could read the journal and listen to the podcasts. Uh, we look forward to chatting at you soon. Our next journal is about religious diversity, and the podcast team will certainly be digging into that. Until then, stay healthy. Stay safe and uh if you can please do try to stay sane. Bye.
3: Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.